RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines, the top British barrister who the Department of Justice had instructed to prosecute several pro-democracy figures over an anti-government protest rally in 2019 has pulled out of the case after coming in for high-profile criticism. Hong Kong has recorded 77 new COVID-19 infections today, all of them local cases, and 37 of them have no known source of infection. And Donald Trump has left the White House after pardoning more than 70 of his supporters and singing his own praises as he headed for Florida. A top British barrister who's come under fire for agreeing to prosecute prominent Hong Kong democracy activists has pulled out of the case, citing the pressure he was under. The government says Queen's counsel David Perry also cited Hong Kong's quarantine requirements in withdrawing from the unlawful assembly case against media tycoon Jimmy Lai, along with lawyers Martin Lee and Margaret Ng and others. British Foreign Minister Dominic Raab had suggested in an interview that the lawyer was acting like a mercenary. Justice Secretary Theresa Cheng said such criticism was disgraceful, adding that Hong Kong needs to stand up to foreign pressure. We have decided and was approved by the judge for us to engage an outside counsel, Mr David Perry, who of course is one of the top silks, very formidable silk uh, from London. Um, the, the reason uh, his engagement is terminated, he has expressed concerns about the pressures that we have seen in the in media, in particular uh, well, in the UK community from, from all sides. The fact that certain very high-ranking officials uh, have uh, uttered words such as mercy is, with respect, disgraceful to such a reputable council. Ms Cheng says a local barrister has been selected to replace Mr Perry. Health officials have reported 77 new COVID-19 infections, all of them local cases. 37 of the cases have no clear source of infection. The Centre for Health Protection's Dr Chuang Shuk-Kwan said 41 cases were identified in the Yaochim Mong area, with half of them living in buildings where mandatory testing orders have been imposed. Eight more buildings, half of them in Yaomate and Shamshuri Po, have now also been put on the compulsory testing list. Dr Chuang says it will take some time to see how effective these measures are. Because of the quite long incubation period of COVID-19, any control measures, you will see the result in maybe one or two weeks' time if the intervention is useful. So it may take some time for the cases to come down if the intervention measures are effective. Authorities also reported the death of an 88-year-old chronically ill coronavirus patient. This brings the death toll to 166. Donald Trump has left the White House for the last time. He was taken by presidential helicopter to Andrews Air Force Base, where he gave a short address praising his own record before departing for Florida. We have worked hard. We've left it all, as the athletes would say, we've left it all in the field. We don't have to... We don't have to come and say, we'll never say in a month when we're sitting in Florida, we're not going to be looking at each other and saying, you know, if we only worked a little bit harder, you can't work harder. And we had a lot of obstacles and we went through the obstacles and we just got 75 million votes. And that's a record in the history of in the history of sitting presidents. Just hours before the end of his term, U.S. President Donald Trump has used his presidential powers to pardon 73 people and commute the sentences of 70 more. They include his former chief strategist, Steve Bannon. The BBC's David Willis reports. 
Mr Bannon ran Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign and went on to work for him at the White House before the two men suffered a very public falling out. Last year, Mr Bannon was charged, along with three other men, with defrauding Trump supporters out of hundreds of thousands of dollars that had been raised in order to help build a wall along the US border with Mexico. Such a venture was one of Mr Trump's key campaign promises. Steve Bannon pleaded not guilty to the charges, but because presidential pardons are normally reserved for those who've been convicted and sentenced, that makes his unusual. Also pardoned were rappers Lil Wayne and Kodak Black, both convicted of firearms offences, and Anthony Lewandowski, a former Google engineer who pleaded guilty to stealing secret technology. You're listening to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. Washington has been locked down ahead of the inauguration of Joe Biden as the 46th President of the United States. 25,000 troops will line the streets, empty of the traditional crowds, due to the attack on Congress by Donald Trump supporters earlier this month, as well as coronavirus restrictions. Mr Trump will become the first president in 160 years not to attend the inauguration of his successor. The BBC's Nomia Iqbal has more details on what's expected to happen later today. 10.47 Eastern Time is when the former presidents Barack Obama, George Bush and Bill Clinton will arrive and take their seats. A few moments after the families of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will be there. Also Jennifer Lopez and Lady Gaga will be performing. And then that crucial time, 12 p.m. noon, which is when Joe Biden will become the next president of the U.S. and the vice president Kamala Harris, who will become America's first ever woman vice president, first ever black and South Asian person. And Joe Biden gets to make a bit of history himself because at the age of 78, he will be America's oldest ever president. Joe Biden has announced a raft of executive orders he will sign after his inauguration, many of them reversing President Trump's key policies. Mr Biden is also ordering a review of Mr Trump's actions. The BBC's Nick Bryant sent this report from Washington. He wants to signal a definitive break with the Trumpian past, right from the get-go. So we are going to be seeing America rejoining the Paris Climate Change Agreement. We are seeing an end to the construction of the Trump wall along the border with Mexico. We're going to be seeing a very different approach to immigration, the repair of a lot of America's frayed alliances. We're going to see him announce, uh, urge people to wear masks. I mean, that was something that Donald Trump just never did in the midst of this pandemic. And of course, Joe Biden has also committed himself to try and get 100 million vaccinations within the first 100 days of him taking office. The European Union has welcomed the Biden presidency. The Commission President, Ursula von der Leyen, called it a new dawn. The Commission President, Charles Michel, said this was an opportunity to rejuvenate the transatlantic relationship. But Mr Michel said the EU needed to be less reliant on the United States. We have our differences and they will not magically disappear. America seems to have changed and how it's perceived in Europe has also changed. Likewise, the way the United States views the European Union may also have to change. The EU chooses its course and does not wait for permission to take its own decision. China has denounced the US declaration that it's committing genocide against Uyghur Muslims. The outgoing US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said yesterday that Beijing was making a systematic attempt to destroy the Uyghurs through its sweeping incarceration policy in Xinjiang. But Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Hua Chunying dismissed the statement as containing outrageous lies. 
The so-called genocide and crimes against humanity committed by China in Xinjiang are blatantly sensational and false propositions and malicious absurdities deliberately fabricated by anti-China and anti-communist forces represented by Pompeo. This farce only exists in the ugly political conspiracies of Pompeo and his ilk. One of the mainland's most prominent business figures, Jack Ma, has reappeared in public for the first time in almost three months. His disappearance from public view had prompted speculation about whether or not he was under investigation by the mainland authorities. The BBC's Robin Brandt reports. Jack Ma is the multi-billionaire co-founder of Alibaba, China and the world's biggest online retailer. He disappeared from public view after government regulators sensationally stopped a massive share issue for his finance company Ant Group. In the weeks before that, he'd provoked China's Communist Party authorities by saying they stifled innovation. He appeared by video link at an event for rural teachers. China has previously detained prominent executives here whose companies it believes could pose a threat to stability. Back locally, police say they've arrested seven current and former bank staff over an alleged money laundering case involving 6.3 billion Hong Kong dollars. Officers called it the largest case of its kind in recent years, as Wang Yinting reports. Police said it's the first time that local bank staff have been arrested in relation to alleged international money laundering syndicates. And the $6.3 billion involved is said to be biggest sum in recent cases of this kind. Officers also seized $7.8 million in cash from a public housing unit. Superintendent Yip Wing Lam is from the Commercial Crime Bureau. It's also our first time to arrest the local bankers participating in this money laundering syndicate. The other highlight of this case is we seized 7.8 million Hong Kong dollars in one of the arrested person residents who lives in a public housing estate. He said the suspects all worked as customer service officers and they had allegedly approved false documents submitted by accomplices who opened 14 bank accounts. The suspects are alleged to have received several thousand dollars as a reward. According to the force, 16 people from the mainland and Belgium post as directors of trading or manufacturing firms and submitted false documents like fake ID cards and trading contracts to the banks. Officers said the investigation is still ongoing and the force will continue to liaise with law enforcement bodies from the mainland and in Europe. The government says it aims to propose an historic building grading for the Bishop Hill Underground Reservoir within the first quarter of this year. The planned demolition of the pre-war structure in Shekkit May was suspended last month after a public outcry. Violet Wong reports. The Development Secretary Michael Wong says an independence task force under the Antiquities and Monuments Office is studying the reservoir's heritage value, and it will try to complete a report and propose a historic grading in the coming months. Once the report is passed to the Antiquities Advisory Board, the public will be consulted over a one-month period, and the government advisers will confirm a grading afterwards. Mr Wong has previously stated that he believes the structure should be conserved. In a written reply to the Legislative Council, he said officials will study proposals to conserve and revitalize the site after the completion of temporary reinforcement works. They will also study the feasibility of allowing people to visit the reservoir on a limited basis, provided that it is safe to do so. The minister stressed that the government understands the public's concern over the matter. 
He said his bureau has formed a task force to review how the issue was handled and they will propose improvement measures. The government has proposed building a network of elevated moving walkways in Kowloon East as part of a plan to ease traffic congestion after earlier scrapping a proposal for a pricey monorail system in the area. New documents submitted to the Legislative Council show the network would consist of three parts. One connects the Guntong waterfront with the Kaitak runway park. Another links the redeveloped areas in Kowloon Bay and Guntong along Waiyip Street. And a third is in Kowloon Bay. Officials plan to launch studies for the proposals this year and start building as soon as possible. But Guntong District Councillor Edith Leung doesn't think the walkways will ease congestion in the area. Traffic jam is mostly uh, happening in Kuntong Road and also in the industrial area of Kuntong. But the Kaitak, uh, the linkage um, bridge between uh, Kaitak and Kuntong, it is not in the middle of what's the most congested uh, point in, in Kuntong. So it is not addressing the problem directly. The Institute of Certified Public Accountants is predicting an unprecedented fiscal deficit of 348 billion Hong Kong dollars and says the government needs to adopt a targeted approach to revive the economy. The bodies propose giving people consumption vouchers in the upcoming budget to support businesses. Its president, Raymond Cheng, says the government should also start looking into broadening the tax base, but stressed they aren't suggesting introducing new taxes or tax rate hikes now. Uh, we are facing a unprecedented situation here, the pandemic. I think with this, uh, with the problem that we're facing, it is a very good time for the government to consider doing that research and study. Not that we are suggesting that the government should introduce new taxes or raise tax rates at this stage because the economy is not good. But the study should start now. Sport now and in golf, Tiger Woods is out indefinitely following more surgery on his back. Here's the BBC's Ian Carter. Wood's season is on hold once again. This was the 45-year-old's fifth bout of back surgery. It was a familiar procedure, a third microdiscectomy, to remove a fragment that was pinching a nerve. Woods felt discomfort while playing the PNC Championship with his 11-year-old son in December. His career was saved by a back fusion operation in 2017, and he won his 15th major at the Masters two years later. Now he's potentially in a familiar race for fitness, if he's to return to play at Augusta this April. NFL referee Sarah Thomas will become the first woman to officiate at a Super Bowl. Two years ago, she became the first woman to officiate for an NFL playoff game and will serve as the down judge for Super Bowl 55. The teams that contest next month's game will be decided by Sunday's AFC and NFC Championship games. A reminder of our top story tonight, a top British barrister who the Department of Justice had instructed to prosecute several pro-democracy figures over an anti-government protest rally in 2019 has pulled out of the case after coming in for high-profile criticism. The news from RTHK.
husband and wife team, Womack and Womack. And numerous hits for other artists. Scored a few of their own too, including that one from the mid-80s, Teardrops. I'm Simon Wilson, sitting in for Uncle Ray, the world's most durable DJ, is staying safe during the current COVID spike. We'll be back as soon as it's safe. In the meantime, I'm playing music of the 60s, 70s and 80s for another oh, 10 minutes or so. Then we're going to slow things down. 